Matty, I want to heap a bit of praise onto you. You called this one. Both these projects are in the Murchison. They had two separate plans on how they were going to downstream process this, but they were literally on either ends of the same ore body. Who's right? Who knows? Um, it, it would make sense that one company did it. Yeah, I think one company seeking the capex so rather both... than two is probably pretty bloody hard. Righto, JD, what do you reckon? What's your takes on it across the uh, all chem group? Hasn't really been trading too well. It was trading well over 15 bucks for about three months after the deal was announced, even well over 16 bucks, and now it's in that $11 range. You know, you've seen lithium get beaten up a little bit, but... Noel, our good friend, uh, Bilo Sell High on Twitter, summed it up perfectly. All Chem, three announcements in 10 minutes, and it was actually five. Yeah. Ended up being, trying to confuse people hiding the facts, All Chem. Welcome back to another week, Money Miners. Monday, 25th of September. Maddie, you asked for it, and we got it. More M&A. Yeah, more M&A, and look, even though it's a public holiday in Western Australia, she's quite as a fucking ghost town in West Perth here, mate. The money miners will deliver the news. Yeah, we don't rest here, mate. We don't rest when the market. If the market ain't... Money never sleeps, <laughs> JD. Mate, a bit, bit of M&A, and look, I think I've finally got a prediction to come true. Even you though have, this mate. was a pretty fucking easy one. And they come, uh, they, you know, they take a bit of time to sort of bear fruit, these ones. So what, two two months, three months on it? Not bad. I, I think uh, it's probably the only prediction I've said once rather than <laughs> harping onto it all the time. Anyway, we'll get to that. And uh, look, another absolute, uh, there was an information overload from Allchem today. Yeah, hundreds of pages, <laughs> hundreds. <laughs> Just trying to piss the analysts off, I think. But we're going to just give a bit of a summary of what the fuck's going on. Yep, and we've got, a quick, comment. We've got a quick comment on Agriman. There's sort of, you know, deals in and around. We won't go into it because not too much information has come out just yet, but sort of flagging it early. Yeah, righto. Let's get into it, mate. Sponsor for today, Smec Power and Technology. Marty Law and the electrical team powering, powering the mining industry. Mate, we've talked about the bloody 400,000 litres of bloody fuel you can save by getting a variable speed ventilation fan going in your underground mine. Mate, you'd be What, bloody... what else can Marty do for us, eh? Oh, mate, everything. But between the, the variable speed drives for your ventilation and the vent on demand just – and you know what? I'll tell you what, the benefit of Marty coming on here to promote it on money of mine, JD, fun – Trivia question for you. Do you know, have you been looking at the LinkedIn analytics? Who is the top percentage of people that like or comment or share our posts? Or what follow, is their mate, job? that would have to be managing directors. It is managing directors. And yeah. you know what managing directors do? They make the calls, mate. They put the cock on the block and they write the checks. So for that three-odd percent of our followers that are managing directors that are listening, write smack a check and purchase a variable speed drive off him and a vent on demand system for your underground mine and save hundreds hundreds of thousands of litres of fuel, you're pretty much saving the world. Like you are. You, you, you're not just ticking a box, you're getting on the front foot to save the world. I'd Good highly on. recommend it. Smack power and technology. Good on you, Marty. Thank Good you. Good on you, Marty. Right, JD. Australian vanadium and Technology Metals Australia, so AVL and TMT. Matty, you did the deep dive here, so I won't I won't steal your limelight, but a merger. Mm, well, I thought, and before you got in, while you were uh, still flying back from over east, JD, like they both went into trading halts. I'm like, oh, this is obvious, started writing it up. But then 
the presentation come out. I'm like, well, they're obviously merging and then what do you know, the document come out. So let's they've released a, a joint statement regarding this $217 million merger. So as it's, it's a merger but effectively AVL is taking out TMT uh, via a scheme of arrangement. So, Matty, I want to heap a bit of praise onto you. You called this one, and why don't why don't we play a snippet? So we spoke about it in July, I think. I want to mm. say July. You did a big deep dive on vanadium around Australia and on a global scale as well. So why don't we start by just playing a snippet of you calling mm. this one, hey? And I think before we do, the context of this, both these projects are in the Murchison. They had two separate plans on how they were going to downstream process this, but. They were literally on either ends of the same ore body with That's two right. different plans, two different companies. Let's see what the what wisdom I had to share. AVL are going to use the gas for their downstream, but they're still going to have to truck all their concentrate 500 okay. k to Geraldton, whereas okay. TMT will only have to just take bloody vanadium petoxide powder, which will be absolute bugger all volume to get out. Yep. So okay. that's, who's right? Who knows? Um, it, it would make sense that one company did it. Yeah. I think one company seeking the CapEx uh, so they're rather both, than two is probably pretty bloody hard. But they're both on the same ore body. It's just yep. a big long one. There you go, Matt. The first of many bearing fruit. The first, of, I think it was the first, it's probably the first, but geez, pretty bloody, pretty obvious that this is the logical thing to do. As I said, two separate companies with two separate plans on different ends of the same ore body. It would make sense that one company does it. And it's a sort of indication of the market we're in mm. right now. You know, there's not, capital's not as abundant as, as it once were, as it once was. Mm. And, you know, these companies are, are making the calls, you know, and they're talking about synergies and all these sorts of things. So right. why don't we why don't we break down the different sort of, you know, outlooks that the companies had and why the deal makes sense? Yeah. So look, they're big, big operations, big CapEx operations, big long life operations, but it was their, it was their downstream strategy that was, that was different. So you had Australian Vanadium, AVL, they were, and I think AVL have been around a lot longer. I think they've had a, been in studies for a long time. Um, but look, there just hasn't been the vanadium uptick. And look, the vanadium uptick and the thematic is based on the um, the use of these vanadium redox flow batteries in the future for base load energy storage. At the moment, vanadium is mostly used for steel hardening, uh, steel additive. I think. But the uptake just hasn't been there for the uh, the battery use. So AVL, they were planning to very they were very similar projects, very similar mine lives, very similar outputs. But AVL were planning to truck uh, concentrate from the, their site in the Murchison. They were going to then uh, build a downstream facility near Geraldton, which would hook into the Midwest gas pipeline. And remember that we talked about in the vanadium episode that Midwest gas pipeline was created for that Atlantic lithium, yep. Windamara. That's the, right. The big lithium, uh, the fucking lithium. they talking about lithium for months. Vanadium. vanadium. Vanad the big vanadium yep. project that was um, went into production but then shit itself pretty much yep. because, um, yeah, it just didn't cut the mustard with the commodity prices. So And, and they had a big massive fire. So uh, they were – that was their – uh, downstream methodology. Then you had TMT on the other hand, Technology Metals Australia. 
they were proposing to build build their entire processing facility on site in the Murchison, and so but that would hence save the trucking and the haulage costs of the concentrate because you know you have to transport a much smaller amount of this vanadium pentoxide powder all the way to the port. So yep. they were the two different strategies. And they were similar in scale. One was looking to produce 11.2 thousand tonnes per annum and the other yeah. 12.5 thousand tonnes per annum. Then, you know, you know, you talk to them, one thought they, had, they said, oh, ours is more continuous. They're like, oh, now ours has got a... a, a smaller transition profile to get to the fresh rock um, and yeah. all that. So anyway, the, the dick measuring contest is over now that they're all in the one set of undies, you'd say. Okay, uh, mate. So let's break down the actual deal. You know, who's perhaps getting the, the better end of it and what what's the um, sort of structure? Yeah, of I guess. It. And who's, yeah, who's, which shareholders are getting the better end. So look, as we said, AVL will require 100% of their shares on a 12 for one basis. So this is at a 9.8% premium to TMT's last closing price, a 26 6.7% premium to their 30-day VWAP. They've sort of been going sideways for a long time. They did have a big a big spike at the start of 2022. I think they went up to about 60 cents. But yeah, then that's sort they, of in line with how the vanadium price ticked up around that time. Yeah, it was well. a real it was a real quick spike. And then um then they come back down and they've sort of been tracking sideways. And they're sort of near a um like a three-year low at the moment. Not the low, but pretty much at the lower end of that. Three-year side. So yeah. to get this through, uh, TMT have approved it. The, the, board, the, the board has yeah. approved it, sorry. To get it out, to get it done, AVL are having to do a $15 million capital raise. That capital raise is at a 3.7% discount to their last closing price. So RCF, Resource Capital Funds, they've committed to the entire $15 million, though AVL do have the ability to oversubscribe to $20 million. So... I think based on the based on the book build book build though could be a scale back for RCF's shareholding depending on how much participation there is. And they are prior shareholders in both in of the companies. Both. So RCF owns eighteen percent of TMT. Uh, they intend to vote in favour of the scheme, uh, and they also own seven and a half percent of AVL. So as I said, assuming they take up that fifteen mil portion and dependent on the oversubscription, they're going yep. to likely own about 18.1% of the pro forma company. So that pro forma company will be a 217 mil market cap. They'll have 52 million in cash. So a quarter, about a quarter of the company will be, market cap will be in cash. Cashed up. Um, so personnel movement. Now I found this interesting. Now remember, two separate companies, two different strategies, but on the same ore body. So all that's changed here in a way is how much ore body they have access to. I know AVL did have a government grant, so technology get to leverage off that government grant now. But the main thing that has changed here is how much ore body they've got to access. So you've got Joe Gaines joining the AVL board as a non-exec director. She was currently a non-exec director at TMT. You've got TMT's managing director, Ian Prentice, who will join AVL as part of the senior management team alongside their CEO, Graham Arvidsson, and he is titled Executive Integration. And then you've got another three personnel coming over from TMT to join the team. So we, like we put it up here. So we've got this Looks like there's going to be two chief operating officers and then there's a principal geologist and an exploration manager. I don't know how much more they've got to explore when they've got a 25-year-plus mine life. Um, 
and then they're going to have a mining technical services manager and a senior metallurgist and sort of two people at the top there. So, yes, as I said. So what are you sort of getting at there, Maddie? Well, like, of, you, give, me, give, me your, give me your opinion. Like, look, it, it makes sense to have the one ore body should be under the one roof. Um, probably would have made sense to do that from the start, uh, the amount of shareholder money that gets wasted on corporate overheads and having to pay for two separate booths and two te- separate speaking slots at every every bloody conference around the around the country. But, look, if you're essentially going to merge the same ore body um, with the main, one of the main aims, as they stipulate in the announcement to reduce corporate overheads, I, I, I struggle to understand why five people from TMT have to join AVL. As I said, the main thing that's changed the amount of ore body they pick from, and I think it's just refers to what we've talked about before. One of those, one of those soft issues that everyone gets to keep their job, but I can't understand why you would need those five people. I couldn't agree more. You're talking a board now with six people for a you know quote unquote d- development company. They're not really developing anything just yet, but they're not really an exploration company either. They list four synergies, you know, removing CapEx duplication, removing resources and labour duplication, lower competition for everything, you know, labour, equipment and the like, and reduction in corporate overheads. They all make perfect sense to me. It seems like they are going to achieve, you know, the first three of them if they do go ahead and turn this on at any point in the future. It just doesn't seem like they've done a lot to address that fourth one just yet. Yeah, because that... You know, four personnel, I don't know what, depends on how much they're getting bloody paid. There's a, could be easily a couple of million bucks a year just in wages. Could be. Don't Good know. thing they've got 52 million bucks in cash, mate. Yes, I know, but you want to use it wisely. So, look, sure the, do. And it, look, good good move to do all that. Yeah. But the elephant is still in the room, low vanadium prices and a very, very high capex. So both projects had, a, look, they've got a 25-year 20, mine life, but it doesn't solve the capex side of things it it just means you've got you've got twice as much ore body you you can probably pick better points to start at and optimize the actual early c- cash flows like with if they've got varying levels of where it goes from the oxide to the transition to the to the fresh area pick the best starting point but it still needs probably in this market based on their previous capex figures possibly up to 1 billion dollars yeah, in capex were, to get num- it over the line the numbers were over 600 million and they were dated as well so yeah and a lot of money to sort of to go go toward it, but no, what do you what do you reckon about the whole thing, JD? What's your take on it, Cobb? I mean, one one other comment I just wanted to make was on the vanadium market in general, and we dived into this when we spoke about it last. But there's four countries uh, the the major producers: you got China, Russia, South Africa, and Brazil. But the whole market is only for a hundred thousand metric tons, so it's not huge. And we touched on earlier that eleven you know, was going to come from one and roughly 12,000 tonnes from, from the other. So on a sort of global scale, that's it's quite hefty, you know. You need a bit of a step change and that's kind of what they're preempting here with the the, Vido- uh, the Redox batteries and the like. They kind of need that step change. They need a step change in the vanadium price because those studies are all done at prices that are significantly higher than where the vanadium price is today. And, that, and when you say that 11, 12, like, 10% based on today's production. Remember, if there is an uptick in um, vanadium, Windamara yeah. Win will be the one that will come online before exactly. for this one because that one has has uh, has been operated 
I think it need. I think it's. I think yeah, we got discussed a lot of, a lot it. of some they, capital, and they but they got to repair from the fire and and everything, to my knowledge. But a lot quicker restart. So that one would come online well before this one. So yeah. So ultimately, I just think you know consolidation keeps going ahead across the ASX. This is just the first example. We're going to see plenty more of it. I'm tipping that in any case. And just to round out on this one, it'll probably be likely till January or February when when this deal is done. But given the, you know, synergies we've spoken about, I can't imagine anyone would come in between this deal. No, no. And as you said, a lot of cash. It'd be good to see how much that is preserved because, look, 50 million bucks, all well and good, but doesn't really do much to get a project up and going. You need a big, massive injection. Absolutely. Via some form of uh, debt instrument to get that over the line, yeah. get it happening. Dead and equity and a change in market. Dead equity, fucking royalties, bloody all sorts of shit. Bit of hedging. God, mate, go back and I'll just start listening to the- uh, Sean Russo. The Sean Russo. Chow, keep I'm thinking it's Sean. No, not Noah. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, hedging chat. Bloody very- It was a cracking chat. Yeah. yeah it was awesome. Head back and have a listen, everyone. Right. If, you, if we talk about the shareholders and who's getting the stakes and who's who's getting what, who's getting, yeah, I mentioned at the start, JD, the better deal. So Yeah, so you see this quite often a, a merger, but it's it looks quite clearly like a, a takeover, doesn't it? Their AVL are offering a premium to what TMT traded at on yeah. I think you said on the thirty day VWAP it's twenty seven odd percent premium. Yeah, I suppose it it's at it is at near a three year low, like it's only a nine point eight percent premium to their last close price. So it is a it's a premium at a lower price. Yeah, I mean, they so. might not they might not be thrilled that it's being done at three year sort of lows, but they're ultimately going to hold forty two percent of the the pro forma business. Mm. AVL going to hold fifty eight percent of the pro forma business, and major shareholders like we said, like RCF, are going to be holding a substantial stake. There were previously shareholders in in both businesses, so I think it's just a deal that had to be done. I think if you're if it was a shareholder, I'm trying to think of if I'd rather be an AVL shareholder or a TMT shareholder. I think you'd rather be a – let's talk through it. You'd rather be a TMT. You've just got a nine point – hopefully a 9.8% premium and then exposure into a company with 200, a 200-odd million market cap with 50-odd million in cash, whereas I can't see AVL's share price will – from where it is due to the capital raise at a slight discount would likely decrease. Yeah. I think regardless, right. you've just kind of kinda kinda be happy that the the company's gonna be in a much better position, have access to a much greater ore body, given that you'd probably be investing on the back of hoping that Vanadium has a bright future. So you just gotta fingers crossed, believe in that thesis and hope it plays out over the over the longer term. It's not something you're looking to, to trade out of right away. Mm, the majority of hot copper TMT holders, there's rarely you see happy people on hot copper, but they're, <laughs> they're pissed off at the premium and having it, but yeah. Getting I'm, taken out at a 27% premium. I think, premium. I think either way you're sort of in the same spot, but you do get a bit of a 10% kicker. With, yeah. Dependent, dependent on where it trades because it's a share. It is it is shares, so it could share price could go down. Yeah, and we'll take, like we said. 10% anyway. Yeah, it'll take a while to wrap. Yeah, what, January next year, wasn't it? Yeah, Jan or Feb. Yeah. Mate, why don't we move away from vanadium and into a commodity where there's no shortage of profits being made at the well, moment? shortage of chat coming from our end. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody lithium. Well, all chem, all chem. All chem. So pretty much they've released a shitload of announcements this morning, uh, pretty much about every operation. Old, our good friend, uh, buy low, sell high on Twitter, summed it up perfectly, dollar AKE. 
as in if anyone doesn't know, if you're on Twitter, chuck a dollar in front of the stock sign, everything just – that's the how the Twitter world works. <laughs> Didn't know it before the podcast. Anyway, all Ken, three announcements in ten minutes and it was actually five. Yeah. It ended up being trying to confuse people hiding the facts, all Ken. Mm. Um, so it's – it's interesting to look at how they've traded. Obviously, they're in the the merger of equals with Livent in you know the American business, and they are a slightly bigger business. But yeah, it's called a a merger of equals. The new co they haven't named it yet is going to be made up of fifty six percent Allchem, forty four roughly percent Livent. But it's an it's an all stock deal, and it hasn't really been trading too well. It was trading well over fifteen bucks for about three months after the deal was announced, even well over 16 bucks. And now it's in that $11 range. You know, you've seen lithium get beaten up a little bit, but. I think, I think Joe, our good friend, Joe, Mr. Lithium Lowry, when we interviewed him sort of highlighted this merger as well. You know, all they're sort of on the lower end of the goodness scale in yep. for the big global lithium producers, like merging them doesn't necessarily make them just be better automatically. Yeah. So. I think that was uh, – I was being a bit more diplomatic in how I said it <laughs> compared to him. So, look, how about we, JD, we just get the main takeaways and try to sum up this fucking 100 pages Mate, we'll of do what we do and we'll cut through the crap, hey? Just get to the bloody – what are pe- people want to know what? How much is it going to cost? When's it going to bloody happen? Yeah. So, and costs were the main takeaway from these hundreds of pages. I think across the board, pretty much CapEx and operating costs have increased due to inflationary pressures. I think I've heard that in the news a bit recent. so As expected. Let's okay. start with Olaroz, mate. Go through. So Olaroz, that's the brine project in Argentina. So there's there's a stage one and a stage two. So for that one, the fucking knocking me computer around. Operating cost is up from all these prices are in US dollars. So it was 32.06 per tonne of lithium carbonate equivalent. Equivalent That's gone up to 41.50. CapEx CapEx has already been sunk at Oleroz, uh, so stage two reached substantial mechanical completion in June 2023 when we talked about it, and they achieved first wet production in July 2023. So, look, stage one and two combined there is 42,500 tonnes of lithium carbonate, uh, initial 40-year mine life, so they've got a guidance for next year of 22 to 26,000 tonnes. So, yeah, that's still a... Still yeah. ramping up to that full production. Yeah, that capacity. guidance. Waiting was... for everything to fucking dry. Is that how you bloody term it in the brine world? Yeah. It might be, mate. That guidance was a bit softer than some analysts had been expecting. And, yeah, just a flag that this one's the JV with Toyota. So they own roughly, um, all chem that is, own roughly 67% of this one. And they're yeah looking to send the stuff off to their facility um, in Japan. Mm, beautiful part of the world, Japan. JD, I'll have to go there? one day. Mate, fucking go to go Argentina to, as well, mate. Go to bloody Huckabah. It's all beautiful. Oh, you'll love it. Mate, uh, the other one, Sol de Vida, another brine project in Argentina. So there's a stage one and two there. O- operating costs up from 3280 a tonne up to 4000 a tonne. Uh, CapEx up from $794 million to $1.03 billion. So they've got the stage one scheduled for first production in half two calendar year 2025. Stage one is going to be 15,000 tonne of lithium carbonate and stage two is going to be an additional 30,000 tonne. And then that stage two is expected to be uh, in production two and a half to three years after stage one. So we're sort of talking 2028 there. Yeah. 
Right, now we're on, now the, I don't know, we, we haven't figured out how to pronounce it yet, but I think it's either, I swore I heard Joe Lowry say Kakari, Kakari Desert or Koshari, something like that. That's their, that's their Brian project in Argentina. That's the one that Oricobre acquired from Advantage Lithium Corporation. They acquired 100% of their shares in April 2020 for about 69 Canadian million, million Canadian dollars. So Oricobre merged with Galaxy, then they created Allchem. So... Same thing there again, operating costs up about 500 bucks a tonne. CapEx has gone up from $446 billion to $659 million. Uh, commissioning is expected there to be done by half one calendar year 2027. So first production expected in the second half of 2027. So that one's going to be 25,000 tonne lithium carbonate equivalent and a 30-year mine life. So that's the bloody salty water ones done JD, we'll get on to the get on to what's going on in the Hard Rock. So they're, they're James Bay project up in Quebec. So uh, operating costs up from three hundred and thirty three bucks a ton to four hundred and seven. So that's based on a free on board five point six percent concentrate. So free on board for the money miners that don't know, you might see FOB on the prices. That means free on board. Sometimes referred to as freight on board. Just means the, the seller is responsible for the product up to the point the, of when it gets loaded on the ship. And then once that ship starts, turns the bloody engines on, that is the buyer's responsibility then. So there's other arrangements. I think it's CRF, cost and freight, where the seller is responsible for all the freight to get it to the destination as well. Yeah. So fun facts. Also seen fun in... Fun, unnecessary facts with Matt. Also again. seen with bulks, iron ore and the like. Yeah. Uh, so their capex, James. So their capex going up from two eighty five to three eighty one million. Nineteen year mine life. Open pit with a three point six strip ratio. Looks good figures. This one when you look at it, two million ton per annum processing plant. DMS only because it's a it's a coarse grained spodumene. So apparently suitable to DMS only without the need for flotation. They're planning to produce three hundred eleven thousand tons of spodumene con between five point six and six percent. So it could be – they said it's designed for 6% spod, which we – pretty much only green bushes produces a 6% spod, but they've got operational – says they've got alternative to produce 5.6. So the, everyone talks about the permitting, JD. Where's the permitting at? Where it's up? I've taken this little extract out of here. So I think it was earlier this year, 2023, they issued the federal – authorization for the project so all chem is now waiting awaiting the issuance of a provision provincial authorization by the government at quebec following the completion of an environmental and social impact assessment and review process by the comex once this esia is approved auxiliary four construction permits will be submitted for approval prior to commencing construction at james bay so it looks like there's still a lot of permitting processes to go so they they didn't give an indication of when this is going to be permitted yeah. um, and ready for construction. So still still waiting on there, to my knowledge. Perfect, mate. And lucky last, yeah, Mount Catlin. Good old friend, Mount Catlin, just bloody the the OG, mm. the OG project. Not much new going on here. So they've, they've forecasted 210 to 230,000 tonne of spod for FY24. As they say, the main ore bo- parts of the ore body are access. We know... Last year, they struggled a lot with a lot of fine-grained material and very, very low recoveries uh, as a function of them being a DMS-only 
as well. Yeah, and so, they only produced, I think, 131,000 tonnes. It's a yeah. big, big uptick. Oh, like some quarters, I think yeah. one quarter they had 24% recovery. So yeah. they're anticipating that uh, they're in the better chunk of it now. So they're, they're I think they've allocated you uh, 80 million bucks capex to that. And we did previously mention how they were talking about doing underground feasibility studies there to increase the mine life at Mount Catlin. We did. They we did. did. They did say that it wasn't just me. <laughs> so if you but if you pull them all together overall, 545 million US dollars increased in the capex across the board and if you put all the projects together on the metrics, the total development capex, $2.15 billion. Uh, total project NPV, summing them all up, $18.9 billion. So a lot of bloody, a lot of future cash to come in, come into the business once it all gets humming. And the total output of the operations is going to be 179,000 tonne of lithium carbonate equivalent. So look, 27 of that is from Mount Catlin. So look, you'd think when some of the later projects come on in 2027, Mount Catlin might not be at that rate or in that production. Who knows? We don't know yet. Depends if they go underground. So what does, I guess, what is 100 for the Aussies, Aussie hard rock lithium mining punters out there, what does 179,000 tonne of lithium carbonate equivalent mean? If you convert that into an SC 5.5 equivalent, that is 1.3 million tonnes. So if you if you ever want to, people want to know that the contained amount of lithium oxide in lithium carbonate is 40.1%. So if you want to convert lithium carbonate into spodumene con, it's a factor of eight. So 5% spod to lithium carbonate, yeah, Divide, divide the spod by eight and you'll get how much lithium carbonate there is. So 5.5 is about divided by 7.3. Fun maths with Maddie <laughs> as well. Un You're all over it, mate. Unbelievable. So like, look, what, so if, cause you look at all this CapEx, you look at all the operations, you look at what they're waiting for. This is going to aim to produce 1.3 million tonnes of SC 5.5 equivalent into, and so you can relate that to green bushes, that one mine how, and just shows what sort of operation green bushes is. Green bushes alone from their one mine produce 1.49 million tonne of SC6, 6% spot in 2023. And Pil Pilgangora is uh, expanding up to 1 million tonne and they produce SC uh, guiding for 5.2%. So it just looks like, so you've got all those operations, all those brines all the time, the capex required, but just shows the cash that Greenbushes pumps out from that one operation is going to exceed all of those projects combined. Yeah, yeah. just underlines so, yeah. how how great an asset Greenbushes yeah, is. Because if you look at all those MPVs, the capex, you're like, fuck, how how big are they going to mm. fucking be? But converted into that sense, um, yeah, these, it's not, these it's, not, assets, it's, not, it's not taken over bloody Greenbushes. Put it that way. Yeah, these lithium assets have long. Long lives. Oh, yeah, huge, huge. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're all 30, 40 years. It's just yeah. must be that fucking brine shit's just bloody everywhere there by the sounds. Yeah, although Greenbush is equally has a, a very long mine life as well, so. Yeah, that is the standout. Righto, JD, what do you reckon? What's your takes on it across the uh, all-chem group? Yeah, just rounding out across the sort of five announcements. They finished financial year 23 with US 648 million, so they're really – starting to look more like a, a US business, quoting things like US numbers. We're expecting that deal to wrap up. They're hoping by the end of this calendar year that the deal will be done. And 
you know, initially we thought maybe some of the terms will get altered. It looked like maybe Livent was getting a slightly better deal, but, you know, given where we are, the deal was announced four or so months ago. I don't anticipate any any changes to that. And my last comment would be I'm fascinated to see, the, the word you love again, fascinated, mate, mm. when this deal completes, given that they're focusing on a, a US listing, how it actually trades because you look at the – American businesses, American lithium businesses, and they trade on much stronger EBITDA and just earnings multiples in general relative to the likes of Allchem. So it'd be really interesting to see once that's complete, what sort of multiple the uh, business trades at. Mm, yeah, interesting. I was a, yeah, it was a very uh, fun fact you gave me how the New York Stock Exchange live event was trading at eight times EBITDA and where what the Aussie ones were trading at four. Yeah, yeah, when we looked... That was, you know, double double the multiple. It's, double it's, the multiple. It's quite a big difference. Mate, let's just round out with a bit of news on Agrimon. We won't talk about them too long because they haven't given us much to work with here. This is good to see you're keeping the bloody Agrimon and those sort of, uh, you know, mineral sands, potash, that whole Travis Ricardinho theme <laughs> alive while he's not here, mate. So. Well, we know, we know he's not a big fan and, you know, potash has gotten quite beaten up lately. Callium Lakes, they... They're a collapsed potash group, essentially. We spoke about them uh, about a month or so ago now. So Agriman has announced that they're undertaking a capital raising as well as a material transaction. We've seen word from the receivers that they've entered a share sale agreement with Agriman. So, yeah, we'll give the money miners a proper update when it all when it all comes out. But you're seeing that a bit of consolidation start to happen in that space. And, you know, it was sort of anticipated by this time that a lot of those potash players would be in production, making money. It hasn't worked out like a lot of them wanted it to. But, yeah, we'll see in a few years' time how that all looks. We know BHB have taken a big, big bet on on uh, Potash with their Janssen project up in up in Canada. So there are some people that still see a, still see a future in it. Yeah, right. Very good, JD. Perfect, I've, I've got fucking nothing to add there. <laughs> Sorry, mate. No dramas at all, mate. We can just round up by thanking our dear sponsors. Yes, our great bloody friends and... Best best friends, not 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 a function of the fact they give us money. Just true friends of the show. Yeah. Smack Power and Technology Managing Directors take action. Cut a check, buddy. Uh, who else we got? JD? We got Terra, who we might be visiting. Yeah, might be visiting. We'll give more info on that one later. Yeah. We've also got Kadrill to give our thanks to JP Search. And lastly, the the OG sponsors, Anytime Exploration. Gotta love them all. Thanks for your appreciate all, it. Thanks for all your support. Who do uh, money miners? The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation, and needs.